Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Boutique Workshop Podcast. I'm your host as always, Sierra, and I'm really excited to be talking to a fellow boutique owner today. Um, she has a pretty deep brand and a lot going on. I'm so excited to have Lindsay here to share all of her genius and what's going on in retail world with you all. So welcome to the show, Lindsay. Oh my gosh, thank you. Pleasure to be here with you today. Yes. Well, first of all, your brand name, so cute, Bobbles and Lace. Tell us how you got started in retail. Oh God, I feel like it's <laughs> my blood. Um, I grew up with a single mom. Uh, so I grew up, you know, seeing what a hardworking female was. She had a million. Yes. My grandmother owned a consignment store in a small town of Marblehead, Massachusetts. So I grew up on the counter. I okay. Have memories of doing the display, the window displays as early yes. as I could. Walk. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, growing up kind of in an affluent community, but with a sing- hardworking single mother, you know, I just, I really learned how, that looking great doesn't have to cost, cost a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would get to shop in my grandmother's consignment store yes. and we, you know, um, it's style, it, it runs deeper than just how much you can afford. So yeah. I think that like affordability and that accessibility has always been at the, at the core of my existence. So So, you know, I've always been in the fashion industry in one way or another. I was a stylist. I lived in LA. I did some acting. I did the modeling. I have so many aspects that kind of led me to this. Um, But it's, it's, if you want kind of a fun story. Yes. Yeah. This is this. My staff loves the story. They make me tell the story all the time, but I was living in uh, downtown LA. This is, gosh, this is. I'm going to age myself here about 25 years ago. Yeah, 20 years, 20, we'll say 20. And um, waitressing, acting, modeling, style, whatever. You know the life. Yeah. And we, I lived in the fashion district. And I said to my boyfriend, now husband, I said, hey, I'm going to take $70 and t- have some fun and try something new. He said, go yeah. get it. So I took $70 and I, and I, I built like a plastic, uh, I built a push cart, like literally. An oh my goodness. <laughs> I bought it at Sears. It was like a, a plastic outdoor bar cart for 20 bucks. And I outfitted it, painted it and I attached an umbrella and it looked really cool. And I bought $70 worth of jewelry in the fashion district. Okay. Decorated my cart. And at lunchtime, I wheeled my car down the street in downtown LA, right past Skid Row, you know. Yeah. And at lunchtime, everybody in the financial district comes down for lunch and they bought all my jewelry. And so I now had $300. And I thought, yeah. wow, that, that worked. Let me yeah. try Maybe it was a fluke. So I took the 300 curated another collection, wheeled it down the street for lunchtime and lo and behold it all sold all the jewelry so now I had seven hundred dollars and I thought I'm on to something here and now here we are and the really the model hasn't changed much I mean it's (laughs) yep 
you know? Curate beautiful products, get them in front of people, sell your stuff, buy more, right? (laughs) Simple retail. Yeah. That's it. I love it. it. And that's what I do. And those are the stories that I love. And I hope all of you listening hear that because if you jump onto bobblesandlace.com and you see the beautiful brand and the franchise and the multiple locations, sometimes we look at those things and we think, oh my goodness, you know, must be nice, super easy for her. I could never do that. But you started simply and you were, you know, you did what you could with the resources you had. And then you let that become the seed that grew the business you have today. Super inspirational. So talk about your brand a little bit, because I know one thing you have done well, which like, let's just be real. If that jewelry was hideous, it might not have sold, right? So you have an eye for what people want to purchase. And you've done that with your brand and have grown something that you've been able to replicate and duplicate. Tell us how you do that. Like what's the secret sauce to being consistent, but yet perceptive and open to what people want when we grow our brand? Gosh, well, I think it's, you know, I I say this a lot. I say anybody can sell cool stuff, right? And it's, uh, anybody can sell cool things. Yeah. But it's really more than that. I think that our success that we've built is 50% of what we sell and 50% of what we do. I, you know, we're a very ex- experience-based boutique. Okay. Uh, people come in to be styled head to toe. So I don't hire salespeople, I hire stylists. And I really hire um, an amazing team of women who really care about dressing and making the women feel great that are entering the stores. So it's yeah. more an experience than it is a... Um, a place where you buy things, yes. you know, you can buy things anywhere. Yes. Um, yes. So you're, you're really selling a solution to a problem, which is, I don't know how to style myself. I don't know how to look put together. I'm going to go to your store. You're going to give me the solution. You just happen to have beautiful things that you can and, sell and me. You know what? The key to it all is, is affordability as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think that fashion should be accessible to everybody. It should be fun. It should be an expression of yourself. It shouldn't be so serious. Yes. Uh, So I think that being affordable allows you to be more uh, free-spirited about the way you dress and not so serious. It shouldn't stress you out to go and and, and be styled and, you know, going to Saks and being stressed out because you're spending $800, a $1,000 pair of boots. I want you to buy $60 pair of boots. Say, these are so fun. I love them. And, you know wear them for a season and the next season you buy a new fun boot. Yes. Yeah. I love that. One thing that you mentioned too, that I think we need to pull out. You just said it in passing. You don't hire staff people or salespeople. You hire stylists. That's really important because you know, your brand enough to say, I'm not going to compromise on the person that I bring in to sit behind the till. I don't need just a warm body. I need someone that's going to bring my brand forward in a way that I would want to do it. Um, but that's hard, right? Sometimes we feel like we get kind of in a pinch as business owners. How do you stick to that standard and a little deeper? How do you train your people to carry on what you want for the customer so that when you're not there, it's continuing to happen correctly? Well, it's funny, you know, the way I look at it is that I'm not hiring, um, people for a very, boring, hard job. I'm hiring people who find the joy and the fun of it. 
I mean, didn't, when you were young, I don't know about you, but I played house and I played. Sports, yes. Yes. Right? All the time. I, I yes. played dress up. My girls do that for a living. Like we're not yeah. saving lives. They get to yeah. go to work and dress people and make them feel great. That's a great friggin' job. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, so, you know, I really, when I interview people, I, I, I don't really care what your background is. I don't care where you went to school. I actually don't even care that you went to school. I so care, good. Yeah. I care more that I can sit across from you and have a laugh. Do I want to go out for you and sit and have a drink with you? The answer yes. is no, I'm not going to hire you. I just want fun, lively women who find the joy in fashion. Oh my goodness. This is so good because I talked to so many store owners who say like, you know, I really need someone to work but she doesn't have retail experience or this person has such an amazing resume. And I am so much of the belief that you just stated let's hire for attitude and like coachability and the fun factor. We can train all the skills. We can train someone to run a till. We can train someone to dress a mannequin, but let's hire the people that we want our customers to want to spend time with. So good. I'm not so Yes. Yes. That's so good. Yes. (laughs) Stop being so serious about it all. So now you've built a brand that's beautiful and you're beginning the franchise journey. How do you find franchisees that also have that philosophy? Because now someone is investing more money. They want their own business, but yet you want that brand to continue. And that, that, um, philosophy, of working with your customers in that way. How do you, how do you do that in a franchise model? So far? Yeah, we've been pretty lucky so far because we're in new England. We have eight stores across new England. And if you're from this area, you, you know, you probably know our brand. Um, we have an, a, a lovely reputation as being your local stylist. Um, so, you know, it reached a point for me where I could keep opening stores, but um, I wanted to find a little more joy in it. So what more joy than teaching another, other women that they can do what I do, right? So I have a new passion project. I'm really lit up about it. Um, It's a way to spread the brand, but also to spread like the entrepreneurial spirit and love that is, you know, because you're one of them. You can't, uh, there's, it's like a high, right? Being, doing something for yourself, working for yourself, being a woman, being underestimated, starting it from $70, not having a business degree, all these things. I'm a mother as well. Mother, there's so many, yes. but we can do it all. So yeah. I could speak for hours on whole, that whole subject as it is. But, you know, we've been really lucky in the sense that we have such a great customer base that really have got to know my stylist, got to know the brand. So finding people that want to do it has been easy. Yeah, we have so many of our customers are clamoring to us to us, but, you know, we're really careful to do it in a way that um, we don't want to get too busy too fast. So we're very careful. We have our first franchise that opened in Hingham, Mass. We just opened last week, actually. Oh, so exciting. Been a longtime customer. So, you know, she's a mom. She's been in, in the fashion business for a million years and she's off to the races and it's been awesome so far so we're taking on six more in the fall that's um, great take our time with it and honestly it's it's almost the same criteria is is of hiring 
where yeah. do you know do I like you that's, that's yeah a- <laughs> <laughs> which is great because in franchising like, like you guys are going to be hanging out a lot together so you better like each other oh, and yeah, but that's I mean, seriously right. that's so important that's really important not just you know is this a revenue making opportunity is this a growth opportunity but do I want to hang out with this person is this person likable or my customers going to like and love them I love that so much yeah so good okay so talk to us about scaling and growing because before you even franchise, like you did this on your own, you scaled, you grew your business. And there's a lot of boutique owners listening that have one store, possibly two, and they're ready to scale. What are some things we need to think about looking ahead? Like if I want to scale, what are things I need to do today? Mm -hmm. Really good question. You know, I'm not one of those people that has a 10 year plan for myself. I never really was. I, I, I fell into this and I kind of had to follow the fate that was presenting itself to me. God, that sounds so hippie, but that's kind of the way that, it, that it's been. You know, I went from having my $70 push card to oh, maybe I'll open a store to, oh, okay, this is successful. Let's open another one. This is a cool area. Right. Uh, so I, I wish that it was a little more, um, uh, step-by-step path, but, you know, I, I guess for, for me, I, I've never grown faster than I could handle. I've never, okay. good. um, like good. taken loans to open my thing. It's always been, I do it myself and I do it a slower roll. Right. So oh, good. Yeah. When I opened my first store, I bought my tables from Salvation Army. I painted them myself. I painted the wall. I didn't have a computer system. I had a little ding, 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 cash register. So, you know, I think it's just going slow and not getting too far ahead of yourself because you have to be able to flex and flow and adapt in this business. You know, you know, you can only plan so much, but then something like a pandemic comes or a recession comes and out goes your planning. So you can only, to me, I'm a very soft planner, (laughs) but in terms of actual movements, I think you just can't, um, you can't overextend in a way that you're not flexible. Yeah. So good. I love what you said about, um, just moving slow. So moving at the right pace, don't look at someone else's pace and take that on or don't feel like, Oh, it has to happen. Year one, year two has to look like this year three being willing to be flexible and move at a pace that makes sense. So you don't get yourself into a bad situation or a stressful Mm -hmm. situation when you don't need to do that. I think two more key ingredients for anyone who's starting in business or wanting to expand their business is to follow your instincts, right? So, you know, I followed my instincts thus far and it hasn't led me astray. Um, But in addition to that, it's bouncing those instincts off of a team of people that you trust. So good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to, you hear this line a lot, but I like to surround myself with people who know more than me. So I've heard you say it on your your podcast before about having like, a CPA that you trust or having a financial advisor or having a husband, or in my case, having a really smart dad who I can bounce things off of all the time. And I yes. still I'm 41 and I still, dad, what do you think of this idea? Or I call my accountant, what do you think of this idea? So, you know, I just think it's having those trusted people as well to um, kind of keep, keep your uh, instinct on a smart path. <laughs> yes. It's so good because we do need to follow our gut. I mean, we're given that gut and those feelings for a reason. But if we can temper those with wa- surrounding ourselves with wise people, that's just the perfect, perfect ingredients um, to moving forward. I love, love that. So 
let's just touch on this briefly because we have a couple minutes and I know it's a passion of yours, balancing motherhood with being a business owner. So many of my listeners um, have others that are depending on them, whether it be children, spouses, maybe they're taking care of parents. Um, Tell us some things that you found that have worked really well for you to allow you to balance those things and do it all, like you said. So do what you want to do, but make sure that you're taking care of your personal life and your heart um, at the same time that you're growing your business. Oh my God. Now that's the struggle there, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> for all you type A entrepreneurs out there, you know, just who I'm speaking to, um, you know, I think that the, the best advice that I can give is to um, be okay with being just okay. And what I mean by that is at any given point, I have, um, I'm holding these three scales. I call it my trilemma, right? So I have uh, motherhood, I have my business and I have my husband. And of course I could say there's four and there's me in there as well, but of course we're our last priority. Right. So have these three things and at any given point, the more attention you give to one, the other two are going to falter. So if I go on a family trip and I'm so present with my children, we're canoeing and all the kid things. Of course, my attention is drawn from the husband, from the children, from the business. And I come back to work and I'm like, oh my God. I got so <laughs> Here's the pile. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I have a great a business trip and I'm away for a week. I come home and I'm like, oh my God, my kids are doing screen time, but for 72 hours. So yes. it's, 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 you're never, at least for me, I'm never going to be fabulous at any one of those things. I have to learn to balance it in a way that I'm okay with being okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with being at work 80% of the time, being with my kids. You know what? You have to be okay with not being great all the time because you just don't have hours in the day. You really really don't. So that's something that, you know, it's as much as I'd like to say that I can dedicate myself 100% to my husband, family, um, work. I mean, forget me and my friends. That's out the window long (laughs) ago. But, you know, you, you just have to have realistic expectations. I think that's good. And not letting others define what those expectations are, either verbally defining those or things that we put on people that they're probably not even saying is an expectation, but we say, oh my goodness, that's an expectation. I need to look like her or do it like them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those are, they're not realistic. So I love that. I think your reminder for all of us that we've got whatever we have in our lives that we juggle, when you give more attention to something naturally the other is going to falter a bit and we have to understand that that's just normal and normalize that. I love your illustration. We go to a business conference, we come back, the house is a mess. It is what it is, vice versa. So good. Be forgiving to yourselves, people. Well, it kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning. This is fun. Stop being so serious. And all those um, insecurities and, and, oh God, I've been away. I'm a horrible, you know, that's all self-inflicted. No one's saying that to you. It all comes from Yeah, be kind to yourself. Chill out a little bit. Yes. Oh my goodness. So what is one thing that you wish you would have done differently from the beginning? If you could go back and change it or think about it differently, execute on it differently, what would be something that you would tell someone, Hey, you haven't gotten to this part in your journey, but when you do, here's something to think on that. I wish I would have known. Oh God, that's, that's a really good question. Cause I'm one that makes mistakes and learns from them. So you can't learn without making them. I you know really, you really, really can. Um, I think that the best advice that I can give is 
actually it's my grandmother said it to me when I was little. She said, you know what, Linny? So you know what? Do what you love and the money will follow. And I think that that like couldn't be more true. I think if you find what it is that you love to do, whether it be fashion or, I mean, this is a boutique podcast, let's face it, we're all love the fashion. Yeah. It will follow. You just have to, you got to find the love in it, you know? So yeah, I I could say, get a good CPA, do this, do that, do that. But I think it's, it's, um, make mistakes, learn from them. Uh, that's, that, that's how we grow. But in the end, you really have to just follow what it is that, that you love that really can stay around, you know? Yeah. So good. I love that you're willing to just make mistakes because really those that we see that are successful, how we, you know, how we would define success, those that are moving forward are those that are willing to just, you know what, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm not going to know until I try it and do it. And it seems like that's your philosophy. I feel like that's what I see and hear from you. So that's so encouraging. You have to, you have to, you can't be afraid to make a mistake and then learn from it and shrug it off. Yes. You never it's really unrealistic to think that you're never going to make a mistake in this business. God, I make them daily, (laughs) weekly, it's fine. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are you really excited about right now? What's coming up? What's on the horizon with your business that just like every morning, it just gets you so excited. Oh my God. It's the franchise part of it. I love it. So, so, so excited to be sharing it, teaching it, spreading it. So many people have said to me, even God, I'll be hiring for a stylist for a location. And every, every person I interview goes, I want to have a boutique like yours one day. And like, where do you begin? How do you start? Um, You know, I'm speaking with a lot of mothers who um, they raise their children and now they're like, great. Okay. Where do I begin? Yeah. Yeah, That's Megan. She's like, I'm in my thirties. Like, where do I begin? I'm, I'm, I'm too, I feel like I'm too late to be like going back to fashion school and learning how to do this. So this is a really great opportunity for me to give people, um, you know, the keys to the castle. Let me teach you how to do it. I'll share with you the, the, the secret sauce. I'll teach you all of it. But really what's cool is that with my franchise model, I'm really encouraging everyone to curate their own store. So, you know, they really decorate. Oh, There's so great. much. Oh my gosh. I'm like, here's the color racks you can do. Here's the t-. So Megan had such a clear vision of what she wanted to do in her store. It looks and feels different. It's still a bottles and lace, but it's really hers. So also being able to see my brand through their eyes is really exciting for me. I just feel so lit up and I have like this new joy for (laughs) after 15 years, you know, you can get a little bit of, I need something new. Yeah. So this has been so fantastic. And in spring, we have um, a school of eight more coming on across the United States. So that's super exciting for me. Yes. So are you, um, are people able to franchise? Are you registered in all 50 states? Tell us a little bit about that because we have listeners across America. Oh, that's so great. Um, we ha- we are registered in about half the states and okay. then you that are still processing California and New York take the longest. Yes, so, they do. Yeah, we're ready to go in most of them. So okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you have been listening to this podcast because you are dreaming of having your own boutique, or maybe you've been kind of struggling, you're just been doing it online or some social selling and you've been craving a brick and mortar, but the idea of doing it alone really scares you. You need to talk to Lindsay. Come and talk to, to me. Yes. Yeah. We have an amazing tribe of women that are just here to help you succeed. And I feel like there's more fun in it and you're not alone. Yes. So good. You, yeah, you come on board with a built-in tool chest with a built-in system and with someone that you can just go to and say, Hey, 
give me some inspiration, give me some ideas. I love it. But yet the creativity, which let me all tell you, that's pretty unheard of to find in franchising that you have a bit of room to be creative. So I love that you've added that into your franchise model. And that's cool is they actually, I really want it to be an extension of themselves and their taste and their fashion. So we have a huge catalog. And so each franchisee curates the collection themselves through, through this catalog, but you know, really they have so much, they have all the say in what it is that they're creating and curating and showing and selling. Because you know, if you are uh, love maxi skirts, guess what? Your store is gonna be 50% maxi skirts because that's an extension of you. So I really just yeah. want, um, and the communities that they're in. So all of my eight locations have a totally different feel. There's still a bobble, so there's still like something that just connects it together. But each location has its own total feel, vibe, and collection. So that's so be, great. Just, I'm so I'm 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 so amped up. So excited. Well, I feel like we need to have you back again. So you and I will chat about that offline because there's yeah. so much we could dig into together. So we'll definitely have you back for another visit. In the meantime, where can people find you? Uh, www.bobblesandlace.com, B-O-B-B-L-E-S-A-N-D-L-A-C-E.com. And it, the bobbles is spelled wrong because listen, we spelled it wrong the first when we went to print the first sign. So see, I love it. Oh my God. We definitely have to have you back. I feel like there's a lot of stories in that mind of yours. We need to, yes. Yeah. So many. But listen, forgive yourself guys. My brand is spelled wrong and I just went with it. Okay. And now it is what it is. And now you're franchising. So good. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're going to put that um, website. Well, of course, we'll put it in the show notes. You can just click and head on over, check it out, visit with Lindsay if you're interested in opening your own store. Um, In the meantime, thanks for hanging out with me today. I have so many questions for you too. We got to go. See, we need to go for a drink. I was going to (laughs) say, let's go out. Well, I do travel a ton. So I need to make it up to the the Northeast. Um, my husband does a lot of work up in Maine, Connecticut, and I keep saying, I need to go up there with you. So now I have someone that I can just Oh my God, with. the store is in both those places. So that's perfect. Let me know when you're here. I'll meet you there. It's a date. It's a date. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. I will see you again next week for the Boutique Workshop Podcast. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you want to dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I want to help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey, boutique owner, are you ready to go from drowning in busy work to dreaming about the future? Simple Strategies Group creates automated marketing systems that work 24-7 so you do not have to. And you know how important I tell you it is to have automated, simplified systems. And that's why you need to get a hold of Liz. Liz Whitehead is a certified Clavio Master Silver Partner as well as a certified Postscript Partner. She knows her stuff. She works with e-commerce product-based businesses to implement email and text marketing strategies that build trust and nurture your customer relationships. She wants to do this for you so that you can start to focus on the front lines of your boutique business. So visit simplestrategiesgroup.com for more info. That's simplestrategiesgroup.com.